Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning into the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. But if you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you can identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. But in this episode today, you'll be hearing from my friend, Sydney Schuster. She is a realtor with Open House Austin, which is a female-owned real estate education platform and a realty team at Realty Austin. This episode is absolutely perfect for anyone curious about what it's like to work in real estate, what it takes to actually make it, and also on a broader scale, what it's really like to be in a freelance slash be your own boss type of profession, whether you're a realtor like Sydney, a career coach like me, or a financial advisor, etc. You'll hear Sydney and I relating on a lot of common themes between our careers, some of which surprised us, some of which we've come to love, and some of which we might even be glad we didn't know about before getting into our careers. <laughs> Just like any of the Job Library episodes, there is so much to take away from what Sydney had to share in this episode about real estate and beyond. I hope you enjoy. All right, my friend Sid, who I, okay, sorry, I'm going to say your proper name, not your nickname, Sydney, whom I love so much, uh, who I look up to a lot as a business lady and specifically you're a realtor. And I'm so excited to hear about your career and what we have to learn from that. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah, my lady. Okay, let's just start with the beginning. Um, when did you graduate college and what did you earn your degree in? Yes, so I graduated college in 2016. So I guess it was, it just hit four years ago, which seems crazy. And I got my degree in accounting, which I just saw recently that you've worked with a lot of accounting people. They hit me up right around year two. They're like, mm, I'd like to bounce from this career path, not to yeah, say I didn't make for the it, profession. I didn't make it that far. <laughs> well, God bless accountants. Yes. <laughs> so accounting so then tell me a little bit about the transition from that into what postgrad jobs you held until you got into this one yeah of course so i think i think my situation might be a little it might sound crazy and might be a little unique but i actually graduated in I guess May of 2016 and I started working an accounting job that May because I just, you know, recruiters were going crazy and I wanted to, I just wanted to lock in a job, you know, as like a poor college student and I wanted to stop waiting tables. Honorable desires. Yeah, so (laughs) I was just ready. And so I took this accounting job that was actually a temp job, temp Mm -hmm. to hire and I worked that job for a week. <laughs> I actually have so much respect for this. Can you just take think, me there? Like I, what, <laughs> what I think happened? I, I, think I think I might have shared this with you a while ago, but it just, well, so I also, I had graduated. Um, I had 
I had some kind of family stuff going on during that mm -hmm. time. I was in the process. I, I was still living in San Marcos, but moving to Austin. So I started commuting and I think I just realized like I dived in and I was also getting married in the, in the next coming months. So it was just a lot at once. And I, and I just took on a lot, but I realized working that job that quickly that it was so different from the schooling. Like mm, I yeah. loved my accounting classes. I know it sounds nerdy, but I did, I did really well and liked the classes, but the actual job was was just not for me. I, I could not sit at a desk from 8.30 in the morning until 5.30, 6 in the evening. Like I, I just felt like I physically, physically couldn't do it. So I essentially was like, okay, it's a temp position, you know, respectfully told them, you know, this isn't for me. And I just kind of did some soul searching and was, you know, was really thinking about, you know, what can I do that doesn't require me to sit at a desk from, you know, all day long. And I was thinking, thinking, it's like, what interests me? What have I been interested in um, throughout my life? And real estate came to mind, which is kind of crazy because I, a lot of people get into real estate. They have family members in real estate. They have, you know, they have really these personal connections is what I've found a lot of the times, but I, I didn't have that. And I just was like, Oh, real estate. That sounds great. Got my license and just went for it like in October. So that I had the job in May and, and I got licensed in October. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Quick pause on this. I'm just taken back to my interview with Megan Stone, who we did a whole interview on how quitting fast actually can be beneficial at times. And look at this, because you were willing to be super honest with yourself, do some very deep, very fast soul searching, and then take some very diligent action on that, you were able to pivot quickly and go, and at this point, you're four years in, and you've gotten to use all this time to go farther and deeper in a career path that you actually like, rather than guilting and shaming yourself for like, oh no, I should use what I got my degree in for longer. Like, why though, <laughs> if you don't like right. it? So I really respect you for that a lot. So uh, what has the career path been like for you so far? Because I know there's been some, some shifts and growth yeah. in being a realtor for these four years. Yeah, and, and I bet, I mean, I assume we'll dive into kind of the nitty gritty um, throughout the interview, but just to give like a short answer, I, once I, you know, realized, you know, I'm going to get my real estate license, honestly, I'm, personally, I'm glad I didn't do, this sounds crazy, I'm glad I didn't do a ton of research about the actual job because I would have psyched myself out probably and not gone for it. Like, I think the fact that I just, I knew some basics and, you know, got licensed, but getting licensed, just like in a lot of professions, is very different than the actual job itself too, even mm -hmm. going back to the counting. So um, I, I, I just reached out to the realtor that I used when I moved to Austin and he happened to be starting up his own brokerage, like a startup brokerage and talked with him got, you know, got a lot of insight and he offered me a position when I got licensed, which networking at its finest. Yeah. yeah. Which honestly, it, it isn't a huge deal though, because you're not 
like as a realtor, you're getting paid, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you make a sale. So you're 1099, mm. your commission. And so there wasn't a lot of risk to him bringing me on because, you know, I, he wasn't paying. Well, there was a little bit of pay in the beginning, just with training and some certain like marketing and um, sales, like inside sales that I did, mm -hmm. but it was like very minor, very minor pay. Um, so it sounds great, but I was like, okay, this, you know, I, I'll join on here. And it was a really good fit for a, a while. I learned so much, but ultimately I just needed to get outside of that company into something with more structure, more systems, more um, organization. Like mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, I enjoyed that startup culture, but it got to a point where I feel like I wanted to learn more and grow more and be around more realtors in a company that had just more market presence. Mm -hmm. And actually when I got my license, the first thing that I did was <laughs> got onto realtyaustin.com to like, see if I could schedule an interview and join their team. I will never forget this. I went on their website and I scrolled down and they, and it said this on their website. It says, we don't hire new agents. Neither should you like, say, you know, saying that, you know, you shouldn't hire a brand new agent to like help you buy your home or, or, or sell your home, Yikes. which, which I, I get, but I was so bummed because I was like, dang, I really wanted to join this company. Um, because I had just heard a lot about them in Austin. And, and mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to join you know, there right off the bat. Okay, thanks. Whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it wasn't better. And they actually don't have that on their website anymore. I don't, you know, they took it off, but um, they don't hire new agents. And so I worked in the startup company for a couple of years. And then as soon as I could go interview at Realty Austin, I did. So that was a couple, a couple of years ago now and um, interviewed with them. And then have been with Realty Austin ever since. And then we can get into kind of the real estate teams within a brokerage. So Realty Austin is the brokerage, but then some companies have, you know, very small teams within the brokerage and we can get into kind of how that's been um, as well, if you'd like. Yeah, cool. So I typically ask about what the career progression is like in any certain path for these interviews I'm doing for the job library, but I realize that realty similar to financial advising or even similar to what I do as a career coach, I don't have different titles to progress through. Right. You just literally grow your business. Yes. Um, so I was wondering if two things, if you're up for it, just kind of explaining what are some things to maybe expect when you're getting into it if you even feel like that's a good thing to share because I know you're saying you know naiveness kind of helped me out when I was getting into this and tbh same same right uh, <laughs> no but I think I mean I think there were some aspects that I I did know going into it. and I, I would be happy to share because there is a very high percentage of agents that start out and don't make it very long mm -hmm. like it's very yeah. very common um, so I'd be happy to kind of talk through some of those things. Yeah. So the first thing is it's, it's not like a regular job where you 
get hired and you have a paycheck coming in in a couple weeks. It's not like that. Um, there are some agents that hire on like assistants and, you know, other jobs within realty. I, I can't really speak to that because I've never, I've never really had those jobs. So I don't know what they pay, but yeah, so you, you join, you join a brokerage and your commission. So when you make a sale, it, you get paid when it closes. Um, but just like any other self-employed person, I mean, we have a brokerage, but we're running our own business. You don't often just start a business and have tons and tons of clients, right? So nope, you, have to, you sure don't. <laughs> you, have to, you have to build that up. And actually it was, it was unique for me too, because I had just moved to Austin when I got my license. So not only did I have very few friends in Austin and a network, of people I could do business with. I also was learning the cities, like where's 183, where's Mopag? <laughs> like, you know, I had, you know, all the neighborhoods, I had to learn that super quick. But um, so I think I, I would recommend someone starting out to, and I've heard this time and time again, if you are, if you're, you know, supporting yourself solely and, or, you know, and you're, you don't have a dual income with a partner situation, highly recommend having at least six months to a year's in savings because mm -hmm. it's, it just takes time. Um, and then also looking into working under a really experienced agent. So that, that way you can learn because just like getting licensed, you're, you're learning so much about real estate, but you don't know how to navigate through a real estate transaction and every single transaction looks different. And there's so many things to learn that, just takes being in a transaction for you to learn. So, so even with my team that I joined with originally and now I I've always had agents, you know, with like, I've always been on a team, which has been so helpful because it's just really collaborative and there's just so much to learn. So I highly recommend mm -hmm. finding someone that you can team up with or learn under at least for a specific amount of time to where you feel confident to then be solo. And then of course you, you'll, you'll always have, you know, people that you can reach out to for, you know, questions and support in a brokerage, but working side by side and being able to collaborate even with marketing and lead generation and so much even beyond buying and selling is, is so helpful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're hitting on the fact that it's very similar. I mean, I'm reminded of elements of my business too. There yeah. are so many hats to wear. You are not just like showing up at houses with some other random person that telepathically that is like, I would love to work with you to get a house. Right. <laughs> nope. Lead generation is a thing. That Marketing. Nice? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it? Gosh. <laughs> Same with coaching. Oh, I'm just on this Zoom call with you. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, it's a whole process and there's a lot that goes into it. So maybe now is a great time to transition into my favorite question to ask every single time, which are, what is some common misconceptions that you encounter with real estate? Yes. Um, gosh, there's there's so many, but I would say that one of the biggest ones is that it's just so easy, minimal work, and you get like a fat paycheck, you know? It's, that is so not true. <laughs> like what a joke. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and, and that it's, you know, 
that it's fun all the time. You know, I'm not going to lie. I personally think my job is super fun and I really enjoy it. You know, it, it can be stressful, you know, especially in Austin market. There's multiple offers on a lot of houses and things can just get really stressful and um, very time sensitive. So that even goes, you know, goes into like one of the, the downsides of the job. I, I know that that's also something we were going to touch on is like, mm -hmm. it's hard to take time off because yeah. it's, you always feel like you have to be on and you really have to be good at discerning, like what is urgent? What do I need to take care of right now? And what is, what can I schedule and like time block for during the week? So that's, that's big. But yeah, I think it's just a, a misconception that they don't, a lot of people don't see beyond going out, showing homes or selling a home, marketing it. Um, and they, they don't see what goes on mm. like during the transaction, how emotional it can get. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. If, if certain um, things come up with, with the loan and you're, you're just this, um, you're guiding everyone throughout the process and educating them. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it's also really, really rewarding at the same time. So I think, I think that would be one of the, the misconception. And then also, you know, we're paying our own marketing expenses, our mm -hmm. taxes were, you know, so I'm assuming you and I both have those wicked self-employment taxes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a lot of people, you know, I think don't understand that, you know, what you might get on, on like a paycheck for a closing. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what you're actually, you know, that's not uh, what you're taking it's home. nowhere yeah. near take home. Yeah. Right, right. I'm now I'm like, Sydney, who is putting out this misconception that realtors like don't, <laughs> don't thoroughly earn their commission. Yeah. I'm like I need to go talk to them. <laughs> yeah. And what, actually, I think one of the other, the other big main like misconceptions that comes up is just really old school agents you know that are older and have always been doing you know, doing it a certain way so they can't see it any other way and um and even some like some agents get a bad rep for being like unethical that is just oh, i i can't no. even you know understand that but I think, yeah, with being, being young, myself and my team, we're all, you know, millennials. And I think that a lot of millennials are, are learning how to buy houses and sell houses and wanting that experience in a very different way. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're doing a lot of educating and workshops and, you know, approaching it in a different way. So I think, you know, the misconception of like, a you know, just an older agent that's been doing this forever and is doing the same thing. Um, hopefully we can <laughs> kind of put an end to that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, for one, will say that I really, really appreciate the education piece that y'all, you and your team approach your work with, because especially like, I'm sure you'll get into your specialty with first time home buyers. It is so intimidating. And especially with so many odds being stacked up against the millennial and soon to be like Gen Z generation that's yeah. ready to start buying houses. There's a lot stacked up against us and a lot to 
I I guess overcome in the education piece as well. Yeah. So exactly. I definitely see you approaching your work with such an integrative like I am a partner throughout this whole process, and I understand it's intimidating, and especially in Austin, like my friends who have um, purchased houses, they're like I overbid on like four and I finally got the fifth one <laughs> um, but anyway so I really appreciate that about you and your team but um, what does your typical day in the life look like <laughs> I can't there's not one like there is not <laughs> there's not and that's honestly why I love this job so much because it's the polar opposite <laughs> from working in spreadsheets all day which I mean hey some people, they're cool with that. My husband, he's in finance. He does spreadsheets all day. Um, I don't even know what he does. But anyways, <laughs> um, but really, every day looks different. I have not had one day of my job look the exact same. I mean, now there's going to be similarities. So, for instance, towards the end of the week, a lot of inventory comes on the market. And so, typically, I'm doing, like, I'm showing heavy on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or no, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then, you know, putting offers in on Saturday, on Sunday, there's oftentimes deadlines on Sunday evenings, Ooh. and then, you know, contracts start, you know, we're working on getting con contracts executed and inspections done towards the beginning of the week, and th that's not always the case, but that could be kind of an example of maybe a week flow, but you know, just with a lot of other self-employed people, you have to just sit down and look at what you need to get done and put it on the calendar to, to treat it like, you know, like you, it, it's, it is your job. And so you mm -hmm. need to get these things done and, and to schedule them in somewhat of a, you know, organized and consistent fashion, you know, we, you know, following up with leads, having buyer consultation calls, going over to um, a seller's home for a consultation and, and talk pricing and marketing and all of that. So it, it really is different week to week, but there's things that are consistent in my schedule, like certain meetings or certain, you know, blocks of time where I work on things week to week. Yeah classic you have to create structure where there is none you know all <laughs> really? about that you know yeah. all about that <laughs> yeah but it's really interesting for maybe a lot of the listeners to learn about how do you kind of make something out of nothing like you're not going to get a paycheck if you're not hustling for it nobody's going to be your boss if you're not kind of like parenting yourself through the work day right um, yeah very unique Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere in the range of mildly curious to hikey desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for you and your unique talents, values, and interests. Which, by the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of the sea of options 
then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program to walk you through nailing down each step from discerning your calling to finding the exact job title that aligns with it, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed with me by your side as your personal career concierge from start to finish. This two-month one-on-one career coaching program includes individual career coaching sessions with me, the library of guides and workbooks I've created for you to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail all the practicals like your networking messaging and strategy, your resume, your interviews and negotiations, which will save you a load of time, stress and dead end job applications. If all of that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes that God has put on your heart for your career. I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful and meaningful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. Okay, now back to the episode. Let's go into the the like hoops and poops. So what do you love about your job and like more in detail about what you find so rewarding? Because I know that's something that you really feel about your work. And then if you could do without it, like what, what did you, what do you feel like is a little less glamorous? Okay. Um, that's a great question. I would say it's not really one specific thing, but like you just mentioned, the home buying process can be so intimidating, um, especially for a first time home buyer. So being able to have that initial conversation of someone saying, I have no idea what to expect. I know nothing, you know, have questions about credit score and timeline and budget. And how, how do you even put in an offer? Like, all of these things where you're just like it, it and for a lot of people it's it's so intimidating that they put it off longer than they could have like they could mm. have bought sooner because knowledge is power and they just didn't know what they didn't know and so um and also seeing just amazing stories of like people that were really self-disciplined and have no help from family and spouse and have just been really disciplined about saving I, I find that just so, I, I love that because it's like mm-hmm. going from that to the closing, closing day of like, you're a homeowner is just <sighs> awesome. But yeah, just going from the, this is so intimidating. I have no idea if I can even do this and educating and showing someone the process and then them finding out this is actually really attainable is super rewarding to me. I also just love 
the process of like putting in an offer, winning, getting inspections and negotiating. Like I find that fun and exciting and every property and transaction is different. So I would say that's probably, probably my favorite part, educating and then just the whole process really. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I could definitely see how exciting, like the sensation of I've won is in your career path because there is quite technically that like we got the contract like you got the house and all that stuff so that's so cool um so but on the (laughs) on the flip side (laughs) yeah I would say I would say well (laughs) now that it's getting hot in Texas, it's, (laughs) it's just hot to show homes in the middle of the day, you know, in pants and you're getting inside of the car, outside of the car, you know, and that's so silly to even say it's not even that big of a deal, but I would say, (laughs) yes, it is Sydney. (laughs) It's like freaking a hundred degrees outside. Yes, it is. (laughs) Showing homes in the Texas heat and, um, yeah, that, and I would say for me personally, it, I think not having a team, like having a really collaborative team is something that I had a period of time where I, I, I didn't. And so it just, it just wasn't as rewarding as and, and exciting doing this job on your own. And again, I was still with Realty Austin and they're great. Um, but I, I mean like a day-to-day team because you can mm-hmm. be with a brokerage and you, re- you don't really have to see anyone in person, meet together, you know, all of these things. So you are with a brokerage, but you're operating very like on an, like, you know, on an individual yeah. basis. So I think for me, having, having that, not having a team for a little while was, was a, a low point. Yeah. Um, I realized I forgot to ask one little technical question that I always love learning about. Like, what are your typical hours? Really simple. And I don't know why that fascinates me so much. And I assume it could be really whatever you want it to be. Like, if you're okay with pushing for more business or less in a certain season of life, it's kind of up to you. But what do you typically go by? It varies. It very much varies. Um, Typically, you know, I... You know, I'm starting work by like around eight, eight thirty or so. It it just depends um, how much is going on, and even with days off, like those vary as well. We, you know, realtors work a lot on the weekends, and so even you know today we're recording this on a Monday. I took like half of the morning off because if you if you work every weekend, and you know, it's so easy to just go into the next week and realize like when did I, you know, when did I have a a good amount of time off? And so that's important, but it's really to, you know, what works best for you. I mean, I know there's some agents that like get up at the crack of dawn and get their work going. Like I personally like a little bit of a later start and I have that flexibility because I don't have to be at an office at a certain time, but you know, I, you know, get started in the morning and then you know, typically can take like a lunch break, workout break during the middle of the day, have flexibility there. And I, I personally would rather work into the evenings late. That's just how I am. I've always been that way. So, and there's no like cutoff time. I really go based on 
like what I have booked in my schedule appointments. A lot of people want to see homes when they're off work. So I'm out mm -hmm. showing homes, you know, leaving at five, five thirty, getting home at like maybe seven thirty eight at times. And mm -hmm. so it, it, it varies. But then as far as like consultation calls, I, I book those during the week, you know, during, you know, between nine and five usually. And typically don't do those on the weekends, but you know, if, if we have to write offers and, you know, if, and there's offer deadlines, then yeah, like I'm, I'm doing that on the weekend and just going by whatever deadline we need to meet. So. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just call my name and I'll be there. That's Sydney. No. <laughs> Actually, don't always call me, please. <laughs> Give a sister a break. But um, are there also busy seasons? I know you've mm -hmm. mentioned that. So when, yeah. when are those? It's, it's funny. This year, we are thinking it might. So usually busy, like the busiest time of the year is in the spring for real estate. So between like March and july mm -hmm. so we're like in that and even with covid going on right now i mean we're still super super busy there's a lot of buyers still entering the market like their leases are getting up they're wanting to purchase so we're you know we're we're still we're busier than we thought we would i guess in march when this started um but we're thinking that it's going to be even busier in the fall this year just because there's a good amount of people that you know maybe we're like i want to wait and see how this all pans out. So, you know, fall, spring and fall, but then, you know, November, December, January it can, you know, it can slow down a little bit. It really just, it varies on your clients and like their specific timeline. So as a market, as a whole, mm -hmm. this, the spring and in, into the summer is the busiest, but really you want to, you want to have enough business and, and stay busy throughout the entire year. Right. I mean, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. I, I chuckled a little bit when you started out saying, yeah, our, our busy season is typically like the spring into, I think you said June or July. And yeah. I thought, LOL, like if you were an accountant or like stayed in that path or moved into this one, your busy season is the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so either oh, way. yeah. Totally. April 15th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for career coaching clients, like a lot of accountants will like poke their head up after June and be like, wait. I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, me you up. know, my husband did that for a couple of years, and yeah. so his busy season was like my, you know, was around my busy season too. So we just went a little while, just like, just really working really long days and not yeah. seeing each other a ton, which I don't recommend. <laughs> it would not recommend, but yes. somehow you made it through. Yeah. So, what kind of person do you think would be a great fit for a career as a realtor? Um, I don't think there's a specific answer to that. I really just like, you know, I think you work with clients and that you're a great fit for, and then someone with a different personality type might work better mm -hmm. with another type of clientele, you know? So I wouldn't say that there's, you have to have these, th you know, these personality traits, but I mean, someone that loves working with people and inconsistent schedule um something someone that's really empathetic because it's an emotional process for a lot of people i think you you know there's so many different traits and you know strengths that you need to 
you need to have, even with negotiating and being confident and, um, and articulate there. Um, but I don't think there's, there's a one size like fits all type of person. I actually went into it thinking that to be successful, you have to be very direct and, you know, almost aggressive and like a, a super closer and, you know, some people honestly are like that and they get business and that's great for them. And I, there was a point where I was like, am I, am I meant for this? Because I like my personality and the way that I communicated was not similar to a couple of the, the, some people on my team that were successful. And, you know, starting out, I was like, I was just trying to learn and absorb and be like them. But I, I was trying to fit this mold where I wasn't, that wasn't me. And so I'm just me. And, and that works for me just fine. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, and, you know, being an educator, being a great listener, um, and, and being super detailed and articulate, I think are, are, are great things, but there, I wouldn't say there's like a, a one size fits all. Well, that's good to hear. And certainly yeah. like people want to work with people that they're comfortable with and that usually translates to meaning someone like them someone who's approachable in the way that they define approachable right. so truly you can't, like, you can't be pretending to be someone because that's not genuine <laughs> yeah so an interesting question i haven't asked before uh, i have to kind of give you credit for like giving me this idea but um on the opposite side of the coin of who do you think is going to be a great fit for going into real estate i know you've also been very kind to talk to a lot of people that are like hey Sydney I'd love your advice like I think I'd love to go into this what do you think and you listen to their scenario and I know that you've learned a couple things about red flag maybe this isn't for you so what are your thoughts on that yeah I mean at the end of the day it's it's their own decision you know for what what they want to do but I, I think there's certain things that I hear that I'm like mm, that might not be a good good idea is, is someone that's just like, oh, I want to get my license and do it on the side. Mm -hmm. um, maybe like a part-time thing. And I think that could be, when I mentioned part-time earlier, was like getting started out. And if you just can't live on that income, you know, of like working under someone and you still need to like, you know, be able to support yourself and, you know, be financially smart. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're, if someone's goal is like, oh, I'm going to do this on the side, I've just found that they don't really have the full understanding of what the job entails. And it's actually, that actually might not pay off for that person because being a realtor, like you have to spend a good amount of money on to keep your license up to date and continuing education and having, you know, having you, you, your license hung with a brokerage. And so there's all these different fees. So if you're only planning on doing a couple deals here and there, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just hard to recommend that because it's like, well, is that really going to be worth it? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think that, that that would be my recommendation is that a lot of the, I mean, most successful agents and that I know and work with, I mean, they're full time. They're working, they're working 
this like a normal job and think about it if you were buying or selling a house would you want to work with someone that was doing this on the side part-time like no you want to work with someone that's (laughs) and I'm just being honest like that's you know that's that's how I personally feel so I think that's something where I've like had people ask me and I was like "Mm, wouldn't wouldn't recommend that yeah no I'm glad you're being honest about this because clarity is kindness that's what I always say because honestly like that is a misconception just I, I think with most any field that is under the um, you work for yourself umbrella mm-hmm. or freelance. Um, there's actually a lot that goes into being the service provider and the one that generates the business and keeps it going. And honestly, that often requires more than a full-time job right. um, commitment to it. So yeah, I'm really glad for you to mention that. Well, what would you suggest to someone wanting to get their foot in the door into this industry? Yeah, I think if they wanted to get their foot in the door, I would ask another agent to maybe shadow them for some appointments, come into their office, just, you know, someone that they can learn from and see a couple of day-to-day things. And, and, um, I would recommend getting licensed while you're still working another job and getting, you know, doing that on the side. And then, you know, working, doing research as far as brokerages in your city, what they offer, and you'll start to hear, you know, differences and, you know, you'll, you'll get a feel of the culture, the support, and depending on where that person is financially, I think is going to be a big factor. So maybe, I know there's a lot of agents that start out and they are working two jobs and you know that's that's how they did it and that's great i know that you know maybe working under an agent as an assistant to get some sort of you're helping with the transactions you're learning a lot you're getting paid maybe more consistently and then you can then transition into full-on selling and you know building your own business and going that route. I also know a lot of younger folks, like for me, I I did a lot of leasing in the beginning, helping people with rental houses and apartments. And, and that just happened to be because of my age and a lot of my, you know, my friends and network, they weren't quite buying yet, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're like Um, growing up with you. (laughs) And now they are, you know, and so I would, you know, that's an option, but I would just say you got to get in with someone that can, that you can learn under because you'll take that, you know, you'll go through the courses and take your tests and that will literally, I mean, that's like 5% maybe of what you need to know, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so that would be my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm sure that my giggling and relating to literally everything you're saying is getting annoying at this no. point, but I was just thinking about how, yeah, my like nine month coaching certification program that I did, that was like one tiny piece of the puzzle. Afterwards, you're like, wait, but how do I like have a thriving business? Yeah. And then you have and- to go do the thing and serve your clients in the way that you uniquely do it and all this stuff. So Yeah. And you could honestly get licensed. I mean, when I got licensed, I actually wasn't 
working a job. So I think I did it in a month or two, but I mean, you can get licensed very quick, like very quick. It's not, it's not hard to get your real estate license. I'll tell you that right now. That's not the hurdle at all. Um, anyone could, you know, pass it mm -hmm. and eventually, you know, if they studied and did what they needed to do, but it's really learning how to, how to build a business, how to, how to, how to attract the clients that you want to work with and how to, how to get referrals from those clients. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's the goal. So yeah, that would be, that would be my recommendation. <laughs> that is the thing <laughs> to learn how to do. Yeah, of course. So your, your uh, field does relate to to this industry. Yeah, we're right. just having a good old bop, you know, relating to each other. Right. <laughs> um, but any last nuggets of advice for budding realtors? I guess, especially if you have anything regarding how you actually go about what you just said, like actually building your business and maybe some things that have worked for you, but otherwise, like really anything else that you'd like to share as a send off. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great question. I, I think that, I mean, even with talking with a lot of my colleagues and peers in this industry is like, it's, it's, there's a, there's hot, there's very high highs and there's very low lows. And so like not riding those waves, staying consistent and, um, and it's a, it's, it's not a, this instant gratification where, I mean, you are doing so much to where you will not see, reap the benefit and the reward for that until months down the road. Um, and so I think that's something huge with real estate because you're not, it's not like you're creating a product, selling it and getting paid. It's, it's, it's the service and it's this business that you, you have to grow people especially starting out. I mean, I started out so young and I didn't own a home yet. And I had only lived in the city for so long. And so you, I just, there were times when I just didn't have the confidence that I needed to. And so I think that, you know, just being confident and, and knowing what you have to offer, your knowledge, your education, and just being confident with that and knowing that over time your business will grow if you put in the work. But I, I know for me that I, there were times when I wanted to give up because I was just like, there's all of these other agents out there that have so much experience. And I felt like, why would, why would someone want to work with me when they could work with, with this person? And, and, you know, I find that that's not the case. And mm -hmm. our, our brokerage really does emphasize the fact that you don't need it all. There's always going to be people that work with, you know, work with other agents and that's okay. And we have a culture of just sharing information and sharing knowledge. And it's not, it's not a competitive thing within my brokerage, but also within my immediate team. It's very much great. You know, like it's, we're, we're cheering each other on and we, we're not fighting for, clients or sales yeah. or anything like that. But I don't know if that answers your question, but I think just focusing on, on the long term and mm -hmm. not the immediate, like you're, it's, you're just not going to see, unless you have a great network and are very established and have people that, you know, would you think that would, would, would come to you for real estate right away. 
it takes time. And then even mm. for someone just starting out, there's a lot of brokerages out there that provide leads too. So oh, that's nice. yeah, so that's, that would be, I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned that yet, but that would be definitely something to look into is like, while you're growing your business, working leads that this, you know, a brokerage has or that a company has, so you can do that and also continue to grow your business. And a lot of times mm -hmm. those are at a different like pay structure, mm -hmm. but Hey, I mean, just That's get started. Exactly. Exactly. So I've, I've definitely done that. And I think that that's, I think that's great to just continue to, to grow and to build your business and have consistency. So. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. That listener, listen up, like don't <laughs> uh, look over that piece of advice. Truly. I look back and I think it would have been so much more helpful to embrace what you're saying and truly go into this just being ready to embrace being committed for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Embrace being more committed to sowing seeds every single day rather than being so white knuckled on like my expectations of what business goals I needed to hit unrealistically early. And so, yeah, I, I think that's such a wise thing that you shared. And thank you so much for sharing. It's just so cool. I got to hear more about your story, not just advice about what it's like to work in real estate, um, but then also some really great advice for anyone interested in a career path like this one where, yeah, you don't have to be someone that loves sitting at a desk all the time. You can um, get that thrill of like winning contracts and all this stuff and meaningful yeah. interactions, working with people, really changing their lives, honestly, helping them, um, especially as you do, enter into the home buying process for the first time. And I'll say for sure, I can't wait to work with you to buy a house one day whenever that time comes. And yes, if anyone is feeling the same, how can they reach out to you? You can reach me by email at sydney at realtyaustin.com. And then my team's website is openhouseaustin.co. Also follow Open House Austin on Instagram because they have the most bumping branding elements. I just, I love looking at it all the time. Um, anyway, thank you so much. This was such a blast and I can't wait for people to hear it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. 
I hope you enjoy the other Bingeable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.